What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and for the first time in a month, I'm not a loner. Oh, my God. I've got a guest, and uh, his name is Buddy Watson. Buddy, how are you going, dude? Good, man. How are you? I'm going well, man. I'm going well. I've been uh, talking to myself for the last uh, <laughs> few episodes. It's, it's fun, but... um. Yeah, it's good to actually you know, <laughs> have someone to have a bit of back and forth with. Yeah, well, mate, uh, yeah, I've been listening and you have uh, been absolutely killing it. It's uh, not an easy thing to do a podcast by yourself, but you uh, have been doing a great job. But I'm happy that I, um, I'm here in the house of Mario. It's so uh, it's so spacious. I didn't realize how spacious the, the house was. Yeah, so. it's very clean at the moment too. I'm making sure, you know, keeping all those uh, na- nasty germs out in the way. So, <laughs> you know, so nothing uh, bad happens. Yeah, well, we uh, obviously can't leave the house at the moment, so... Um, yeah, you're stuck you know, here now. I think, yeah, I'm stuck here. I'm, uh, the next 14 days, uh, stuck in isolation in the house of Mario. So, uh, yeah, sorry sorry to my wife, Kim. I, I won't be able to return. I mean, she can come over too, you know. Yeah, that's right. She can stay. We'll, have, we'll have a party. <laughs> so you can only have, like, <laughs> one guest or something is, is how it works. I don't, I don't know. I'm not really uh, in tune with the, the government's requirements. <laughs> I've kind of bunkered down <laughs> on it and, and ourselves by ourselves, so. Mm. Yeah, so like you work at retail. Has it has it affected you as far as you know your routine, getting to work, and all of that? Oh man! So um, I have recently had sixteen days off from work. It's the longest period I've had off since working at uh, the retail for five years. Um, not for any kind of crazy reason. Some it was annual leave. Some it was um other unrelated type um health reasons. Uh, how it's been affecting me getting to work and everything is, is quite easy because <laughs> I only live around the corner from work. So it's not really ad- adjusted my kind of, um, commute or every now and then I'll walk to work, but I guess being at work and, and, uh, having to kind of face customers and be a retail focused, um, that's been a bit of a challenge to be honest. I think, um, my employer has been really good in implementing, you know, the, the the stickers on the floor, keeping people 1.5 meters apart and, you know, not taking cash. And for the first hour of um, when we're open, the all the staff kind of um, will clean their section now. So there's been a few things that have been implemented that have kind of made life easier, but it's still um, a bit frustrating when some customers come in and will still try and, you know, get close to you, um, whether they, you know, are these idiots that think nothing is happening or where mm-hmm. they kind of, you know, subconsciously just kind of forget at the time. And that's kind of a moment where myself, if someone does that to me, I'm having to step back or make it super obvious to them that, um, you know, kind of we shouldn't be doing this. And uh, I'm also kind of conscious of that myself when I'm approaching customers and not, you know, getting too close to them. So um, it can be a bit of a challenge, especially when the store is quite full. Um, I think we have a capacity limit on our, all the, all the stores. Ours is quite a big store, so it's quite a big capacity anyway. I think it should actually be a bit lower than what it is. Um, I think, you know, theoretically it doesn't you know, kind of match up with, um, 
the practicality side of, of the, the numbers and the square footage and actually having fixtures and stuff in. So it is a bit of a challenge at the moment for me. I do obviously work for a uh, electronics retailer. I do work in the games section of said retailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's quite specific uh, in your case, um, in my case as well, for you know, having a passion and talking about video games. But um, yeah, it has been a bit of a challenge, but um, you know, kind of just doing the best we can at the moment. So. Yeah, because I know when I was still working at the pub before, obviously all the the pubs and hotels shut down. Like you're just thinking about it all the time, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, like it's, I, it's I, tough not to. Mm. I, I can imagine for you, like you know, people going around touching like the iPads, the computers, you know, picking up a game, putting it back. Like yeah, probably playing your mind a fair bit, but. Yeah, it does, and I'm kind of wiping over every product in my section, and and even even to the the point of like uh, the games in the section as well, and then the cases. I'm kind of brushing you know over those with our, our cleaning products and and stuff, and you know we kind of before we open, we're cleaning all the display computers and anything that can be kind of touched. We're really emphasizing as well, so. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a task, <laughs> and like you said, it's kind of on your mind anyway. I'm so glad that we've stopped cash. I don't really have to take cash at my job, um, but that is the responsibility of the people that work at the counter. But I'm so glad um, that that has kind of been implemented as well. Uh, how was, you know, you guys shut a while ago, right, for the pubs? Yeah, yeah it was about like a month ago or so. Yeah, so um, was there any kind of things that were implemented by that time or was it kind of too early on where they just like shut it and uh, that that's the that's the solution for us? Yeah, well, it's pretty much shut. Like uh, the pub I work at, they've got like um, they've got like their bottle o open, and they're doing uh, takeaway meals and stuff like that over the weekend. But apart from that, it's just uh, completely shut. Mm, yeah, I think um, one of the big factors in our retailer staying open is that um, you know so many people are working from home now. So we've had a major influx in sales for laptops, monitors, webcams. We, even to the point where we've sold out of all your, like your normal headsets that people would use just to plug into your um, computer to do voice chat or anything like that over Skype or Zoom or what, what a lot of people are using now. Half the people don't even know Discord ex- exists. All us gamers do. Um, so that you know, flow and effect is all these people are buying gaming headsets because you can't get the other headsets now. So, um, yeah, a, a lot of our goods have been important, I guess, to stay open. Um, but on the flip side of that, you know, there's been, you know, people that come in browsing for DVDs or uh, even to a degree if they just don't even know what they're after and they're just coming in and browsing and, t- and you know, touching games and stuff. Uh, there's, a kind of a, there's a kind of a limit there where you can kind of order those online and get them delivered to you or even buy digitally. So there's a certain frustration, especially being at my end of the store where it's all the software based and I feel like it's non-essential stuff. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's even more frustrating being up that end of the store and uh, at least in the middle of the store where they're, you know, they're selling, um, like I said, some of the, all the IT stuff, at least that it, it feels like you're actually helping people out uh, at that time. So, mm. Do you get many people come in buying microphones? Absolutely, yeah. So oh. getting a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, yesterday I had a chef who's buying a, he brought a lapel mic and was looking to do some streaming or recording um, cooking videos and wanted to obviously have something on him instead of uh, having, you know, uh, a microphone or on a stand or in front or having a boom arm or any, you know, anything super crazy. So that was an interesting kind of, I guess, case study for that. A lot of people are wanting um, even a USB mic just so that they can, uh, 
teach fitness classes or, you know, that's that the computer's going to be X amount of distance away from them where a, a normal, you know, headset that they don't want to wear because they're doing exercise and all that kind of stuff. There's, there's a bunch of scenarios where um, the increase for microphones uh, and headsets with mics and all that kind of is just kind of went through the roof, really. Yeah, because I was watching Dr. Phil today and he was just like, he, he obviously was just using um, the laptop may, microphone. He may or may not be a doctor. Spoilers, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. actually doctor. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, surely he could have gone and got a microphone and maybe a better webcam, like host his show where he's getting yeah. Well, um, thousands you know, of he, he he obviously <laughs> believes what's happening is uh, we shouldn't be at home, and uh, you know, swimming pools cause more deaths than what's carrying on. So I'm very surprised that he hasn't gone out to get a microphone himself. Maybe uh, it's the risk of him actually getting stoned, stabbed, or abused, <laughs> or actually taken down. <laughs> It's absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous non-medical opinions. Uh, maybe maybe that's the risk for him. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't actually listening to what he was saying, but I was eating lunch and I'm like, huh. <laughs> it's so funny to listen um, to a lot of the, like, gaming podcasts or even people that are in, like, professional type jobs where they have been streaming or recording videos or anything like that and kind of seeing the do-it-yourself setups that they have now and and some people only don't have a microphone at home because they're relying so much on what the business is providing them at the time Mm. it's so funny that like a a podcast you know like this one or some of our other community podcasts that we listen to or are part of sound so crisp because so many people are used to recording separate audio have the proper equipment set up at home and can blend it all together and make it sound like a real nice neat package from uh, kind of amateurs that don't get paid to do it and then you've got all these professionals that are using apple earphones and all have different mics and different <laughs> audio levels and yeah. uh different webcams it's it's actually quite funny to to see so yeah the the, the uh, roles have reversed a little bit until uh, they go back and they sound a lot better again <laughs> yeah that's right yeah parody was restored yeah so buddy this week we've uh, got a bit to talk about as far as uh, animal crossing sales and a fair bit of uh, interesting news but before we jump into that i just want to bring up a uh, apple itunes review we got and uh, oh, excellent i'd just like to read them out so you know thank you very much for leaving us a review and to let others know that you can leave us a review on apple podcasts so this one is by i think he's um it's a j s h a u w JQ. So I assume that stands for Joshua, then maybe his last name. I'm not, not actually sure. If it's someone's uh, username who I know in person, I'm sorry. Um, but he says, this podcast is for you. Let's face it. If you have come to the review session for such a specific genre of podcast, when you're already contemplating listening, and if you needed any more convincing, then look no further. Now, actually, I'm going to blush a bit while reading this. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually very nice. So thank you very much. Um, I'm going to say this as uh, genuine as I possibly can. Uh, Drew's voice is like pouring sweet liquid silk directly into my eardrums. Such a lovely person. Can almost always find good in any situation, proving that is yes, there, that, it, that there is yet hope left in the world. And Bryce provides a necessary, more abrasive outlook, ensuring none of the big publishers slash developers are let off easy when they release or reveal anything subpar. They are the perfect combination and provide me with some of the most enjoyable hours of my week. So thank you very much, my friend. There's a very when I, when I read that, that honestly made my day. So thank you very much. Um, That's a fantastic review and what an app description as well. You're right. Bryce will take down anybody, <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, it's just like like some of like when he's talking about EA or someone, I'm like, oh, 
well, Bryce, calm down a bit, mate. Like, you know, they've made some bad decisions, but you know, let let it be. You know, <laughs> Fortnite and PS4. <laughs> oh my god. You know, it, it, like it, even with that, it's like you know what's what Sony's doing. Um, you know, locking people out of their Fortnite accounts just for logging into it once. That's you know, that's that's not good. But oh my god, he wouldn't let it go, would he? Would not let it go. <laughs> he he hasn't really even let it go. Uh, now that they've like reversed it, <laughs> he's like, nah, fuck him. <laughs> uh, it kind of makes me wish I'd put more uh, effort into my iTunes review for the House of Mario. Uh, mine was like two years ago. And uh, this is what I had to say. It was only a sentence, no, but after the kind of, you know, maybe I should go on, update it and uh, write some more lovely things. I've got great show from Bryce and Drew, killing it with Nintendo topics, news and reviews. Five stars. Always five stars. That's, that's, that's to the point. I guess uh, we haven't got any mean ones yet. So, you know, if you, if, you, if you have some mean things to say, maybe just DM me on Twitter. You don't have to say it on the iTunes reviews. Maybe maybe I'll give you five stars, but then I'll do a really trolly mean one so you can read it but still have the five stars. Yeah, so I've I've actually um I've been looking at like apps on the app store and I'll I'll look at it and so and it, the title will be like disappointing, but then it'll be like five stars. I'm like oh, you're sending mixed messages here. I don't know <laughs> what the take you out know of this. What that is. That's someone who's like done five stars and done a good review and then they've gone back and re-reviewed but it didn't change their star rating. It's the same kind of thing that can happen if you get a a low review as well. It could keep the nice words and then it'd be like one star. Oh, right, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know you could actually go back and change it, but... Yeah, you can, yeah. God. Anyway, that's that's enough. uh, (laughs) Don't change them, people. Just give the five-star reviews and, and be on your way. That's enough blowing smoke up our ass. All right, buddy. So, you know, what what have you been playing over the last uh, few weeks? Look, I know we're a Nintendo-based podcast, so everyone's going to be very disappointed. Yes, you can uh, leave me hate mail at BuddyWatson12 on Twitter. I haven't been playing any Nintendo Switch at all. I did have Animal Crossing. I recently uh, let go of that purchase. Oh, I was going to ask. Yes, I'm done and dusted, yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I sold that to a co-worker. Um, Like I said, when I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, on the podcast when you, you you called me i know there's a it's a big pick up and play and if you're not time skipping it's one of those games that you're going to have on you for a long time that's just not really how i play games that aren't like multiplayer competitive type stuff so um for me i knew that i was only going to have it for a short amount of time i got my feel from it i understand what the game is i did enjoy it it's just i know that i oh, won't get back to it i'll just let it sit there so i may as well get um some of my money back now but uh, i did enjoy it. it's just i know that i would you know neglect it so to say so yeah that's fair enough and at least you gave it a go and you know so what it's all about yeah and and on the time skipping thing um do you do the time skipping are you no, one of these people no, no. no you're a purist yeah man i'm a purist yeah, that's that's <laughs> what i like to hear because i say so many people's images of animal crossing on twitter and they're obviously doing the time skip stuff and just getting all the coolest stuff and really cheating the system i don't really think that's how the game was designed to be played and if you're going to do that anyway i really think that you're taking away from what the animal crossing experience is and then it kind of takes away some of the identity of the game and what it's trying to accomplish or be for that person fair enough each to their own i just don't think that's like a feasible thing to do in the game so uh yeah shame on all you time skippers uh yeah i'm glad that of course you're a purist of, of course <laughs> I see, why did i why did I ever ask that <laughs> i see people on twitter like they've got like awesome villages they've done all this stuff and they've got like millions and millions of dollars of bells they're doing the turnip um 
thing every week. Um, just heaps of money. And I'm there just like I've got my village. Like I haven't got the ability to um, customize it and do all the crazy stuff yet. My village is yep. just basically full of orange trees. And I just like <laughs> every three days I like harvest them and like get it and I put it towards my house. I've I've, I've got about um, 500,000 more bells to pay off for my last um, yeah. renovation of the house. And when, once yep. that's done, I'm going to concentrate on the house and then like concentrate on like, other stuff and start paying off for bridges and that. Like I'm just doing it slowly. I really enjoy just picking it, picking it up, up each day and doing it. Wherever I play it yeah. for an hour and just um, harvest my oranges or I actually like do some more stuff and um, talk to the villagers and just go fishing for like two hours while watching um, stuff on Netflix or whatever. Uh, I, I just really enjoy it. I Back a couple of years ago when um, Pokemon Quest came out, I was just playing that every day and I was just... I said, I said, I think I said to Bryce on the podcast actually, but I'm like, I really want Animal Crossing out now because I'm just really in the mood for just like picking up my Switch each day, giving me an excuse to do something, you know, for the most part, pretty br- uh, brainless if I want it to be. And yep. I'm just really enjoying it. And it, like, if I was time skipping, I reckon that'd be pretty, it'll take away a lot of the game for me. I, I like being like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I can't do anything else today. Or maybe I'll say like, oh, well, I need a bridge. I'm going to do one bridge per day, but oh, well, I'll just do something else. And um, yeah, quite whatever. cathartic and quite methodical. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's funny. I know you're a purist because you're you have the 120 star power rating, and mm. you don't have the 130 or 150 star power rating from the uh, extended stars that they put in the 3ds version. Is it? Yeah, the DS version had a yeah, DS. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's how you know you're a purist. That's right. The 64 Chef's version. Kiss. But I've got to say, uh, the, the DS yeah. version was very good. But yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I haven't been playing Animal Crossing. We've established that. All I've been playing has been Apex Legends, which I'm addicted to at the moment. Yeah, cool. I know that's not a Nintendo Switch, but um, that's all I played really across the 16 days time off. Every now and then I would play some Rocket League, but I just found myself going back to Apex and going through the dailies and weeklies and the event type challenge that they've been having. So um, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that, especially the duos mode that they've uh, introduced as well. So it'd be interesting to see if a game like that could ever get onto Switch with um, Fortnite coming to Switch and oh, what other battle royales have come to that is it i think that's it isn't it for the switch it's just the fort fortnite at the moment isn't it um there's that is it um realm royale that came oh realm royale yeah yeah okay cool it, so i'm uh, wondering if the, uh, the switch would be able to kind of handle something like apex or um not, not, i dare i dare say like with a, with the correct team they'll be able to port it and get it graphically and um running but the hardest bit would just be the networking behind it all <laughs> running on switch because mm. yeah yeah especially when you look at something like PUBG and that just like oh that looks terrible on console mm. yeah Pub- With, um, PUBG will not be running <laughs> on switch no no yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, so who you been playing with? You been like playing with Dylan and all that, or yeah, playing a bit with um, Dylan Blight over from the Explosion Network. Um, mainly, really him. Um, Rocket League, I play on my own. A couple of randoms uh, been added to me and been playing a little bit of the new mode that, that was around for the three days or whatever with those guys. And uh, a little bit Ashley Hobley's jumped in every now and then. So yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, I've been meaning to sort of get into Apex, but I like downloaded it on. Um think xbox and my pc i'm like oh you know i'll give it a go but i never really got into it yeah um, yeah I, I i honestly when it first came out i didn't really like it and it's probably because i wasn't grasping the kind of whole uh hero shooter aspect with all the um in abilities of each character 
But um, I'm so glad that I've kind of given it a second chance. And um, yeah, now I absolutely love it. And if I go back and kind of doing my games of the year list for that year, I probably would have put Apex in it. And, oh, um, yeah. If it was, you know, if it was uh, the kind of level of play that I've had since then now, I would definitely have rated it in my top 10. So. Did it only come out last year or was it the year before? Yeah, I think it was the start of last year. Wow. Very early. It feels like yeah. way longer, doesn't it? I feels like, like an eternity. Yeah, it feels like it's been around forever. Like it's just it just came out and just um sort of took the internet by by fire and it sort of like just stuck around and yeah, and that's cool to see. Mm. So what about yourself? What have you uh, been playing? Oh uh, well, um I've still been working, so uh still been um pretty busy with that. So when I get home I'm just sort of like buggered and tired and whatever. So I just like uh looking for something which is a bit easier. Um I was playing Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake. I got about five hours in, and I hadn't really played it since because I thought I want to play it when I'm not like when I can actually like concentrate on it and whatever. Mm. So I've just been picking up Animal Crossing, and apart from that, I've been uh, picking up Pokemon uh, Sword as well. Just playing that um, each night, just uh, doing the raids that are happening. It's uh, still Charizard and all of those that were uh, featured. Um, I think almost for like three weeks or four weeks now. It must be ending in a couple of days um, by the time this goes up. But yeah, I'm just going, I just turn it on and I just do as many raids as I can just to, uh, you know, just something to do while watching TV and that. And um, actually, in just before I started um, uh, this podcast, actually, and uh, I was getting the news together, I uh, saw that uh, Hatsumiku Project Diva Mega Mix um, has a, a release date and uh, a demo went up on the eShop. So I downloaded that um, about an hour ago and I played the demo. Um, I guess, uh, do you have any idea what these Hatsumiku games are, buddy? I thought you game up then. I thought you were just testing me and you just said a random bunch of words to see if I was listening. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm listening. I just, um, that's real? What? <laughs> what? Yeah, so the Hatsumiku Project Diva games is a, a series that started on the PSP back in... Um, yeah, well. about 2008 and I really got into the series on PlayStation Vita uh, a few years ago I import, it was my first input, import from yeah rest in peace Vita um, the game was my first import from Japan um, because back then it was only released in Japan then the series has started to come out uh, in uh, the US and Australia and all that and uh, this is the first time uh, the series is coming to a Nintendo platform uh, there's been other Hatsumiku games on um, 3DS, but they they were a different type, and I didn't enjoy them as much. They were a bit uh, just like the the rhythm game mechanics were a bit more boring. But just to put it lightly, um, it's, it's a rhythm game when you're like pressing um, the buttons along to the beat, and like I really really <laughs> love it's a, I really like love the um, J-pop music in it, the Hatsumiku yep. music, and. Yeah, I just I think it was like my most played game on Vita, according to like this email wow. I got from Sony. I don't know. It's just I just pick it up and I just put my headphones on and I just go for it. Um, especially with the with the Vita version, it was like a lot of fun just aiming for trophies and all that, just uh, trying to beat everything on hard and do certain um, tasks and that. I think the trophies really helped me on that. So whether uh, the game on Switch, obviously without an achievement system, will hook me as much, I'm not sure. But mm. I'm definitely looking forward to just like having it portable. Um, basically, um, what this game is, is it's a, a combination of all of the game songs all in one uh, pack, basically. So, yeah. so over I'm, I'm looking at the image of this, the song now. Oh, sorry, the, the game now. And it's like very much anime. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm sure Dash will get into this. <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 really cool. Um, I really, I really really love it. And uh, it got announced sometime last year, but it was coming out this year. And I'm like, so I had my eye on it. And Sega's just come out and announced that it's coming out May fifteenth. So very nice. Um, it looks like it's got like a Persona dancing style type gameplay. Yeah, it's pretty similar. Uh, so just from the screenshot, I can see. So yeah, and I really got into the um, Persona um, Four dancing all night on PS Vita as well. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, if you like J-pop and um, anime, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, customizing uh, girls and that's outfits, as weird as that <laughs> sounds, um, download the demo, give it a go, because um, it's a series that I really love, and it's it's pretty cool because this I always associated this as a PlayStation game, obviously because it was a PlayStation series, and so having it on sort of the same platform as um, Pokemon and Smash Bros. and that, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty uh, kind of uh, not surreal thing, but it's just like it's really nice for like uh, some, yeah. someone like me who likes the series. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you know this Switch has finally put the mm. last nail in the PlayStation Vita's coffin. Bang. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I actually charged up my Vita the other day to play it but um i plugged it in and it's still plugged in like i never went and uh, took it off and played it <laughs> <laughs> the desire to play it is uh it was short-lived it was there it definitely was there um but yeah so Very yeah nice. oh and also like um like the sort of the art style now it's, it's a very anime before it was like a sort of like a weird uh 3d um sort of art style now it just looks like an anime which is uh, okay. very nice too. Hmm. That's probably a good decision then. Yeah. All right. So let, let's uh, jump into some news, buddy. Let's do it. Ooh. Woohoo! Yeah! Is that all? I fight for my friends. Yahoo! My body is still All right, buddy. So uh, Animal Crossing has been selling rather well. And uh, this article, or little snippet of an article, is from Super Data. And uh, I'm just going to take out the bit relevant to Animal Crossing. So, uh, basically what it says is, Animal Crossing New Horizons sold more digital units in a single month, which was 5 million units. Uh, and that's more than any console game in history. So, the Nintendo published title broke the console record for monthly digital game sales previously held by Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Animal Crossing New Horizons also roughly matched the first month digital sales of Super uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Pokemon Sword and Shield put together. The game's uh, combination of social features and relaxing setting likely appealed to individuals stuck at home. Closures of brick and mortar stores also meant that a larger share of consumers purchased the game digitally compared to past Switch titles. And... Uh, mm. This is also from my Nintendo news. So um, the MPD uh, results for March are in and Animal Crossing New Horizons topped that for the um, US. And um, interestingly enough, the digital sales are not included in a Animal Crossing for Animal Crossing on a, the MPD chart. So Animal, Animal Crossing has had a hell of a first, first month. Um, and like I knew it was going to sell well. But holy shit, I did not expect it to like, you know, basically take the world or, you know, especially the gaming segment of uh, the internet by storm. 
Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Five million just in digital, and then to top the NPD, which is only physical. Um, as a guesstimate, you'd be uh, at least a couple, at least a couple million physically. Um, knowing where you know, obviously working and selling games where I am, Animal Crossing has been walking off the shelves. You can't get enough of it. Everyone wants it, and nobody has it. So, um, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what the sales numbers are up to. I'd love to know what that is because, what? Can you imagine if it's like ten million? sold com- combined already that'd be like i think it, switch I, it to- yeah i think it's gonna have to be close to that like um so the mpd that's just america then we've got the digital sales which are five million then in i can't remember i, we, I think i talked about it the last episode but um in japan the game had sold three million so i don't know whether that's included in those wow. digital sales or the physical sales don't know how that's split but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be at least close to ten million, which is just crazy because when when this series started like almost twenty well yeah almost twenty years ago on the GameCube or even the Nintendo sixty four DD in Japan um, before that like and it, it was always like a, a fairly niche series for Nintendo and um, sort of with the three DS it just snuck up and you know became a pretty pretty important game for Nintendo but now on the Switch this is like probably one of the top five most important games for the, the system, which is just uh, crazy. And it's really cool to see too. Um, especially as like, you know, I've been in into the series since uh, the DS version and it was always like such a, I had no one to talk about it too, really. Like I talked about it with Bryce and um, I let him borrow my copy, but he, I don't think it was necessarily as into it as I was. And um, there was a, one of my friends at school, she was really into it and she was like the only one I sort of talked about um, the game to. Um, yep. but now like the whole internet, like my Twitter feed is just full of, uh, full of animal crossing <laughs> and I love it. You're, this is, this is like your, your ultimate dream. You're living your best life right now. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wants to speak about animal crossing. So yeah, it's really cool. Well, like, you know, um, <laughs> I, I was like, but you think, oh, sorry, you're going. Sorry, um, but just going back to the numbers, like you think that Nintendo Switch has sold like 50 million plus units. I can't remember what the exact figure is. And then if they have done around 10 million units of Animal Crossing, that's a 20% attach rate. And the game is, what, barely a month old? Mm. Yeah, so when you that, put it... That's when, yeah. insane numbers. That is insane. If you look in like MPD for um, total sales of like Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Odyssey, all that kind of stuff, and look at the attach rates of the console um, for those, Animal Crossing is just absurd. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, is this going to be able to uh, take over? Like, um, or at least uh, get to what Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey are um, mm, over, well, it's over so- lifetime sales? Yeah, well, it's so tough because so many people picking up a Switch specifically for Animal Crossing. Yes, maybe that will give that a bump, but um, other people that are Animal Crossing is kind of being becoming a gateway to actually getting a Switch. They they might be also picking up other titles as well, which is once again increasing that attach rate. So um, we sold a Switch. You know, all our Switches came in today. Sold a Switch and uh, sold Animal Crossing, the last copy that I had of it, with Super Mario Odyssey, and then another person was getting Smash and Zelda together. So um, they're still. Cool. heavy hitters yeah. um i'm just thinking that uh animal cross is getting more switches in hands people still might be um you know picking up the other titles whether it's straight away or, or maybe later on because mm. i would imagine like mario kart we get a nice bump out of people buying animal crossing because it, it, yeah. i don't know to me that sounds it's like just seems like the more like a casual game to like put it next to animal crossing like let's see let's play i'll get this and i'll play some mario kart and mario kart is like the first game i recommend and recommend for anybody that's picking up a switch so specifically if it's mm. family orientated you know 
four players straight away. One Joy-Con can become a controller for each, you know, each person. You have the uh, assist mode for younger kids that you know can't quite comprehend the controls or kind of the the idea of the game. Um, and then you can turn that off for uh, other people as well. So it's it's just it covers all bases for everyone. Um, um, sorry, not Amicross. Mario Kart is just so good as as, as a, a Switch game and yeah. a family game as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, what have we got here? Oh. Yeah, so I think um, Nintendo's financial results should be coming out soon, seeing as um, March, like the financial year for them ends in March, I believe. I could, mm. could be wrong, but it, it should be coming up soon. So we should be uh, getting official um, sales figures from Nintendo. So I'm looking forward to Very that, cool. seeing seeing where it, where it ends up. Uh, I think Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee are at number 10 at like, I think eleven million. So let's let's see whether it can beat that and get on to the top ten. Um, yeah, you're right. Just yeah, we'll, find, we'll find out the sales straight away, won't we? Almost. Yeah. Because I, I was on um Bobby Paul's uh, uh Animal Crossing podcast, Nintendo Guru, and yes. he he asked me. He said like, oh, you know, where do you see um, Animal Crossing sales figures landing up? And I said, oh yeah, no, it's gonna you know it's gonna go pretty well. I think. Like I sort of thought like 6 million maybe in the first month. Like it's going to go pretty well and it's going to go on from there and it's going to reach like maybe 10 to 15 million like once all said and done. But yeah, it looks like it's going to, uh, it's going to smash that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so we've got some, we just got some updates as far as uh, firmware and all that goes. So we've got um, Nintendo Switch eShop receives a slight update and basically, it's, it's very, very boring, but basically when you um, put your cursor over a game, it cycles through the screenshot so you can get a better look at the game without actually clicking on it. And uh, this actually goes into a question from Dylan oh, Blatt. That, of, that, that's actually pretty good. Um, a website I use uh, quite frequently also does that as well when you uh, browse over the um, <clears throat> image. Yeah, and like the... Um, the Apple App Store and a few, like a few places do it just so it's like really easy to like an idea of what the game is without actually clicking onto it and loading because we all know what the eShop's like. It's like, yeah, it takes a <laughs> while to like load into it. M- yeah, more, than, yeah. more than it should anyway. But uh, basically, th- <laughs> this leads into a question from Dylan Blight from the Explosion Network and he said, uh, since there was a small update on the Nintendo Switch store today that auto plays screenshots when you hover over a game, uh, what would you like to see changed slash added to the store? And... Uh, Buddy, do you have any things you would like seeing um, added to the Nintendo Switch eShop in particular? I cannot or? remember the last time I visited the Nintendo eShop. Um, I buy most of my games physically. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. Physical, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Physical. Let's get physical. Um, <laughs> try to think because uh, just offhand, it would really be the same problem as what the PlayStation Store has, and that would just be better curation and maybe... Um, more menus. I just remember there being like three or four sidebar menus, like coming soon, new releases, and then just games or deals. Yeah, and that was pretty much it. Is that that the kind of the same as it is? Yeah, I believe it's pretty much the same. Yeah, That's yeah. And then you much. search engine, you can search, and then you can also like uh, um, tick uh, whether it, it includes games that have demos as well, which I think is also a cool feature. But I would just love to kind of see it probably um, more segmented and have that a little bit more tighter and organized on the side. And um, and then when it comes to their picks or the games that they want to highlight, maybe a little bit more better curation because there's so many low-priced, really weird 
mobile game ports or you know a dollar games two dollar games and i feel like a lot of the mid-tier games that are you know not your katana zeros or your messengers or things like that or your my friend um pedro i think they're pretty good but it's the the games in between that that price bracket from you know all the three dollar games to the thirty dollar games so in between there i feel like a lot of the gems in that kind of get lost in it Mm. as well and and it's less unless it's kind of like a big name game like a golf story or a stardew valley which is going to be in their charts i really feel like a lot of games get lost and that, that's that's a a problem with um a lot of the digital stores when you know don't even speak about uh, <laughs> the apple store when it comes to finding games so obviously we have you know the the apple plus or whatever it is with the apple games you can get with that's a lot better curated now but with that subscription but um that's yeah the main main thing um i'm a bit ocd or obsessed with the organization and i just love it to be a little bit more organized better having tiers for looking up games that are under a certain price i can't remember if the store has that so forgive me if um that is already a thing but uh, if it's if I can't remember that that is a thing maybe um, it's not organized to the best of its ability at the moment so they're probably the big things I'm looking at um, how you use the store quite often don't you because you're quite a distance away from some of your retails is that right yeah so I'm pretty much um, all exclusive um, digital on my switch and yeah so you would have the I guess the best opinion of like what are the main things that annoy you or you think they could do better on yeah, so I, I actually like just going on the eShop and just like looking. I, I probably mm. do it at least like probably like three times a week, just like go through the deals, go through the new games, just, you know, seeing see what's out there. Um, because like there's so many games coming out, but even like, you know, all these sites and that, they can't catch them all. So if something looks like it appeals to me, I'm like, oh, I'll have a look, look at the trailer and everything. Um, nice pro- Pokemon pun. <laughs> look at the trailer. What was my pun? <laughs> can't catch them all. Yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, you got to take credit for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take credit for that. I meant to say that. Yeah. Um, but I think the the main one for me, which actually annoys me, is like you can add multiple uh, games to a wish list, but you can't actually purchase multiple games at once. You've got to do them one by one. Oh, so that's like terrible. Yeah. So if there's a sale on, I'm like, oh, well, there's two dollars for that, five dollars for that, ten dollars for that, like whatever it is. I want to buy three games. You can't just put them all in your cart and buy. You've got to do them oh. all separate. And like, oh I guess like at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. You know, there's things going on which are more important than that. But it's just like uh, that 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 should be functionality if it's there. Like they should be making it as easy as possible to spend as much money as we can on their store. Like that's just yes. a no-brainer. And I think the more uh, obvious one for people that are just on it is like when you're searching through like a big list, like for example, if there's a big sale on, you're just going through the list. It takes forever to load. Like you'll go down like two rows and then it will start loading really slow and you've got to wait for it to catch up. Um, I don't know if that's um, on their sort of infrastructure or, or maybe the switch can't run it that well. I don't know. I assume, I assume that's not the case. Um, the DSI had a, a store that loaded okay. So I don't think it's the switch's hardware. But yeah, I think I would just like to be able to just like go through the big list of games a lot more easier uh, that that seems to be the thing that's annoying to me because I'll, I'll be like sitting there and like you know watching TV, you go down 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 down, wait for it to load. You look back at the TV, you know ten seconds uh, back down <laughs> down down. Like it's 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 long enough to actually like make you say, you know what, I'm halfway down the list and nothing's caught my eye for the last few rows, so maybe I'll give up and that might stops like a a developer out there from getting a purchase um, because. Yeah. 
Because, like, a lot of the time, for example, the last sale, there was a lot of big games on sale. There was um, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, stuff from Activision, um, some notable indie games. And that, they're at the very top, and they catch your eye straight away. Um, I bought Spyro for um, half price, and I used my Nintendo coins to, um, or whatever they're called, the points, uh, my Nintendo points to uh, get 20 bucks off. So I bought it for, like, oh, 10, hell yeah. for $10. Um, but... Like, you know, at the very bottom of the list, there was still, like, pretty uh, good deals there. Like, But they're going to be that hard to find just for just for the fact that it takes forever to load to get there. Even if you knew that it was at the very bottom, you just hold the analog stick down. It's going to take five minutes to get there <laughs> just to load. Yeah. Yeah. So. Damn. Imagine all the Animal Crossing you'd play in that time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe that. Like, <laughs> maybe I should, uh, yeah, look it up on my Switch Lite and just keep playing Animal um, Crossing. Here's actually I thought of one uh, just popped into my head. The biggest thing that I would like the Nintendo eShop to implement is an app where you can actually buy and browse the store on your phone or internet. I'm pretty. Is this something like that? I haven't come yeah, across. Yeah. It. You have to be on the Switch, right? No, no, you can do it um, online. You can do it online. Yeah, okay, on, on your web browser and that. I on think, your web browser, yeah. I, I see. I'd love it if there was like a um, mobile app where I could log in and and access the store. Look, granted, PlayStation's isn't super great. Um, I was about to say but, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a similar problem. I can quick. Yeah, I can quickly jump into the app, go into the PlayStation Store, go into games, and I can check from release date down, or go into the deals page, and I can filter by price and something like that. I'd love that if Nintendo could do that in an app like that. At the moment, I usually go to um, Vooks. Yep. Each week they like highlight the deals and they also have a link there where you can click on the link and it will direct you to a purchase page um, from that, which I find is awesome. And I think they get a bit of a kickback as well. So if I'm ever purchasing a game that I know is on sale or, or a new release, um, I think I did The Messenger. I don't know, not The Messenger. Oh, Cadence of Hyrule. I knew that came out that week and I knew that books had put it up and I clicked the link off them. So I was making sure I could support them and... Um, they could get that kind of link through or whatever, whatever they get from doing that. So yeah, that was really cool. I did that at work instead of having to wait and uh, come home and browse the store. So yeah, I, I like that kind of, um, those kind of features and ease of use. Yeah, definitely. I haven't tried it yet. I haven't tried um, buying something elsewhere than having my switch at home and it downloads auto downloads for me. I haven't tried that yet. I did it um, on my PS4 ages ago, but um, it's pretty, it's a pretty neat little feature. Just being like, all right, buy that. Then you get home, pick it up, play it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I can't remember if I um, downloaded it from where I was, but I just knew that they were going to get a kickback. So I was like, I might as well support them. They put all this effort into making these lists and, and doing that and having the links available. So you know, I yeah. thought it was pretty cool. I agree. Um, Vooks is definitely an awesome source for uh, checking out sales and all that if you're in Australia. They do an excellent yeah. job. Um, I don't think anyone else does it as good as they do. So um, yeah, no. like I, I use them quite a bit too, just for like seeing what games are coming out and all of that too. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is just a little bit of a, a warning. Um, I know Jamie Penning in the Discord had this problem as well, but this is an article from my Nintendo News. Uh, Nintendo was investigating reports of unauthorized login um, to uh, user accounts. So Nintendo has confirmed that it is currently investigating reports that have been published online regarding unauthorized logins to Nintendo accounts. As previously reported, the company took to Twitter to tell users that to use two-factor um authentication if they can but nothing more was said um so yeah just a bit of a warning out there people have been getting their um accounts hacked and um all of that um i know um to bring up bobby nintendo guru again he had his uh um epic account 
um, taken over through his Nintendo account somehow. And on, on a personal level, this isn't through Nintendo at all, but um, someone logged into my uh, Ubisoft account. Um, they didn't do anything because I had no information on there apart from just my name or whatever. But yeah, it's just a little bit worrying that um, it seems to be that um, some groups are targeting some of these uh, gaming companies and taking people's accounts. Mm, yeah, it's. Um, I think Kieran from Well Played or Press Start also had that problem where they siphoned like four hundred dollars out of his um, oh, right, Nintendo yeah. account for Fortnite bucks. So yeah, it yeah. seems to be. Uh, seems to be V bucks. Um, yeah, that, that was Bobby's problem as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you have got some accounts out there, make sure you change your passwords to stuff that you um, haven't used over multiple accounts and use two factor authentication because. I know like for a fact, if I lose my account, I'll literally have thousands of dollars of games on my account. Like um, mm. it's, it's to the point now where it's like, holy shit, these accounts are extremely valuable. Because um, like, yeah. like my PlayStation one, my um, Nintendo account, like probably even my Xbox one to some extent, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of money sitting there. Like it's like someone coming into you your house and just all, taking all your stuff. All the money in the world, if I lost my PlayStation account, that's all my trophies. That would yeah, irritate that me the most mm. out of anything. Forget the save data. Forget all the games I've purchased. If I lost my trophies, oh boy, I don't know how long it would take me to recover. Yeah, yeah, especially that. Like, I guess even if you had ten grand worth of games, I guess you could just put ten grand down and say, "All right, I want my games back." But those, yeah, the trophies and just like the time you put into stuff um, would be just devastating. Oh. I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Mm. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's making me stressed. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it makes me sad too. Like, like you know, games like Splatoon and um, Pokemon and Animal Crossing that don't support cloud saves. Like, they're all games that you put a lot of time into, um, just put, put so much time into and just not having a backup is like, it, it just worries me all the time. <laughs> not all the time, but um, yeah, just... Like if I lose like one of those saves, I'd be like just heartbroken. Yeah. Oh man. So just let us back them up. There you go. <laughs> um, so Super Mario Maker Two has received a three point update, and it's the last major update. So there's been a. Well, I wasn't like when I saw this. I assume you saw the video, buddy. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I what I saw was awesome. Mm. So Nintendo has released a new update for Super Mario Maker 2, which puts the game version at 3.0. This is the major, uh, final major update that Nintendo had announced yesterday, which brings a ton of new course parts as well as highly requested uh, World Maker and even some new Mii gear. Nintendo released an official patch notes below. And uh, so... So we'll start off with the World Maker. This is one of the the biggest things, and what probably one of the most exciting things for me. And obviously, something a lot of people have been asking for since the first Mario Maker on Wii U. So, uh, is this going to get you back into the game to sort of start creating stuff or playing other people's levels, or how, how did you nah. sort of feel? No, nah, once no? again, done and dusted the game for me. Very short period of time that I had it. Once again, it's. Um I knew it was only going to be a short itch that it would scratch. Um, but as far as the world maker, uh, if I was still playing this game or anywhere interested in this game, this would absolutely make me pick it back up and, and play it. I think, like you said, it was a highly requested feature from the fan base. And just having a look at the, the video and the screenshots, um, it just yeah, audibly made me go, wow, 
that's great. So um, yeah, I think I think a lot of people are going to do some awesome things with this kind of feature. I, what are you? Are you actively playing Super Mario Maker, or will this make you pick it back up? Uh, I'm not, but I I would like to go when pick it back up and try some of this stuff. But in saying that, I did say the same thing about the last update when that um, added Link as a power-up. And I was like, mm. oh, that looks awesome. I never went back and tried it. Um, Mario Maker for me, or Mario Maker 2 for me, was like, it, it was like when it came out, it's like, oh, cool. Bought it like on release day, played through the story. Um, I didn't really play it all that much. I played it for about five hours all up. I haven't actually like put that much time into it. Um I think like on paper, it's like, oh, this is, you know, endless Mario and I would like to go and like put some good amount of time into it. Just but just like the amount of choice as far as other games on the Switch and, you know, playing Final Fantasy on PlayStation 4 and um, just like there's, there's games just like, you know, coming out of my ears pretty much. So I haven't had the desire to go back to Mario Maker 2 and it kind of uh, makes me a bit sad because like Mario Maker on Wii U, that was, um, that was a big moment. That was like one of the Wii U's most important games and a lot of people like stuck with it even once the Wii U was like long dead and um, mm. Mario Maker 2 just didn't seem to have the same impact whether it was because um, their updates were too slow to come out because um, the game did come out last June so it's been quite quite a you know number of months between each update so I don't know if that was to go or whether it's just because the idea wasn't as fresh and People didn't seem to care care as much the second time around. Yeah. But yeah, possibly that. And another fact you have to take into account is the competition it has on the on the Switch itself as well. The mm-hmm. amount of titles that they have, Mario Odyssey, Smash, all the Pokemon games. First time a mainline Pokemon game has been on like the home console and not just a handheld and then the abundance of indie support like there's so much more to play whereas I really feel like from an outsider's point of view, looking at the Wii U, it only really had, you know, it still had a small great selection in, in its library, but um, not as much competition for a player's time, I guess. So maybe that's another factor as well that you were saying before with the kind of, you know, did people get their fix and feel from Mario Maker 1? Yeah. And yeah, you make a good point because I guess Mario Maker 1 on Wii U was like one of 15 must-play games on the system. <laughs> so yeah. it's like yeah, exactly. nowhere near. Yeah. They've got 10 million people playing Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, well, yeah. Actually, just like whenever I bring up the Wii U, it's just like I've got like on on one hand, it's like God, I you know I, I had a good time with that system, but on like the complete other end of the scale, I'm like, oh, what were they thinking? Every single time I think yeah. about it, it's like I'm just like scratching my head. But yeah, anyway. I look at the Wii as like the Wii U. Sorry, the Wii U is a necessary step that Nintendo took so that we could get to what the Switch is, and it was kind of this okay. They had this vision of an idea and that they kind of built off what the Wii U was with the gamepad and being portable and and uh, a TV home console as well. So um, maybe the Wii U was a necessary misstep from Nintendo, even though it had some great software titles. I, I, I get that. A lot of people say that. But at the same time, they could have had a more traditional console with um, a, a controller with a screen on it and it could have just been done a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I really think that the the anomaly of the success of the Wii really, really kind of blindsided them and oh, kind yeah. of took them took yeah. them in the wrong direction. So um, whatever f- fire they thought they had with the Wii, it was really the exception to the rule. And unfortunately, they they didn't really identify that at the time. But um, it looks like that that misstep they've kind of uh, adjusted and 
Uh, they're going gangbusters now with the Switch. So hopefully, hopefully they uh, they don't have another misstep like that. I, I'd highly doubt it. Yeah, Fingers well, crossed. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Bring back wacky Nintendo. I want my Wii U U mote. <laughs> What's a Wii U? Wii U what, what would be a Wii U U mote? What, oh, what would it be? A Wii U U mote or Nintendo Switch? Nintendo Switch U. That's the next console. Um, it would be. What would it be like a power glove or something? A headband. It's like Ooh. Ring Fit. It's it's like the Ring Fit concept, but that's like the base controller for the console, and that's every <laughs> game is running up and down and doing exercises and stretches, and there's no other alternative. Can you imagine playing, being forced to play the next Zelda game? Crazy, you know, doing crazy running and exercise like a some kind of weird forced VR movement. I mean, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll get I'll get a muscle. Uh, like I'm not against it, but uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think it'll be you good, know. but you know, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've got, of course, you're, you're, you're in. Yeah, I'm in. The purest of the, oil, the Nintendo oil, the house of Mario. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll buy whatever random shit you put out, Nintendo. Yeah, good. Um, I'll, um, I'll wait to hear your opinion on it before I, uh, I take that step. All right. <laughs> My trusted <laughs> Nintendo news source. Um, so apart from that, they added like a bunch more power-ups and stuff. And one of the, uh, I guess, the, the coolest power-up that sort of stood out to me was... Um, Mario from Mario um, Bros. Two, um, being able to be a basically a power up, so you can like pick stuff up and um, basically have the physics of that game in the original Mario Bros. game. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, obviously, I think it, I think it kind of makes it look a bit obvious that they were um, sort of going to put the Mario Bros. Two um, game or the art style into into the game, so you can actually make levels but in that uh that engine but i think uh, i think what we're talking about before with like the sales they weren't necessarily there and i think they might have like stepped that back just because they didn't see see it being worth it um, yeah but yeah because even at e3 like they i think it was e3 or maybe it was before last e3 they're showing off mario maker 2 and they had a extra bit for more game um styles next to uh yes i remember super, oh Mario, what's that game called? Mario, uh, Mario 3D World. Um, so I was sort of like waiting for it and it never come. So maybe it looks like it was meant to be Mario Bros 2 um, in the end, but we're not getting that because this is the last update. But I thought that was pretty cool. So apart from that, um, there's a, a power balloon, which uh, looks like it's from um, Mario World 2. Oh, not Mario World 2. I wish it was a Mario World 2. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but- Yoshi's Island. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is. Boom. I just made it. I just. Uh, you did, yeah. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> it does, yeah. You know what I mean, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so there's the frog suit. There's a boomerang flower. There's a cannon box, which looks pretty cool. Propeller blocks. Uh, Goomba mask. So you, can go, you can go undercover as a Goomba. There's a bullet bill mask. That looks really cool. You can, like, sh- shoot across as a bullet bill when you let go of the button and you drop, and you can, like, do that a um, certain amount of times. There's a red power box, which uh, you put on your head, and when you jump and hit blocks, you do a big power. You can do that three times. Then there's all the Cooper, um, the Cooperlings. Um, you can put in there as bosses, and you can do on-off so switch cool. for trampolines, and uh, there's a dotted lines box, and you can do different things with keys and that. But, yeah, I, like, I would like to say I am going to go in for this update, give it a go, um, play some levels in the uh, with the new... Um, my bros to power up and all that, but you know, whether I'll do that, I don't know. I'll yeah. eventually I probably will. You know, I've got you know, ne- 
we've got uh, three years or so left of the Switch. I'll probably turn <laughs> Mario Maker on again eventually, you would assume. So, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll and then see. you can play all the crazy levels. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe not actually. I'm just like think, <laughs> having, having flashbacks about like, you know, seeing them on YouTube. Like, ooh, I couldn't even like do probably like the first jump. <laughs> it's so good to watch. My, it is, my isn't Mario it? Maker footage. Oh. Were you ever like that? Could you do all that stuff? No, I was, I was, I was terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm no good at the ultra hard levels. I'm, I'm no good at the medium levels. So, uh, yeah, it sticks to the pleb levels for me. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, I'll, I'll be sticking to the pleb levels too. <laughs> so th- this is a bit of a random, well, it's not, I guess it is a little bit random, but you know, Splatoon 2 has a, a new special demo event and it's begin- beginning on April 29th. And uh, it's also getting a, a Splatfest to go along with it. So if you can't remember what <laughs> Splatfests are, basically it's when there's two teams, you pick a team and you go head to head for a weekend or so. And this time it's a catch-up versus Mayo. And this was at, I think this was one back on the Wii U Splatoon. I think it was like one of the very first ones. Um, so it's interesting that it's a, that um, the sort of a, trying to um, kick off Splatoon again, trying to get it into... I guess people's minds and putting a demo out there to push the game because like they stopped the DLC after um, two years. So um, kind of assumed, oh, well, you know, the game's done. They're working on the third one. They'll uh, start up the series again when it's time to promote the third one. But it looks like they're actually uh, trying to push this game again, which is interesting. Yeah, it's good to kind of renew some interest in it and um, whether, like you said, they are doing a Splatoon 3 or they're just trying to breathe some life back into it. I saw a really funny tweet saying, oh, my God, I can't believe they brought back the um, come come everywhere mode for uh, <laughs> Splatoon 2 because of the, the mayo. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> shooting it out. I'm like, yeah, that's a bit of a weird choice. Um, I wonder if Nintendo ever factored that in when they uh, made that one of the... Uh, teams you could represent so yeah i mean like in the actual game it's a bit more yellowy so it's like yeah, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. <laughs> so if you if you if sorry you, if you are thinking about it that way it's kind of like oh you know he's got problems that bo- that boy he should go to the doctor you know <laughs> an abundance of people on team mayo yeah like i'll personally go catch up because you know i like my tomato sauce as we call it here in australia um what what would you choose would you be mayo or ketchup Oh, I'll be uh, gonna go team Skeet, I think. <laughs> team Mayo, nice. Just just a contrarian view from you, so uh, oh, yeah, we fair can oppose each other. Yeah. So I can uh, I can shoot red all over you. You can shoot whatever color the Mayo is gonna be all over me. Yes, uh, I can guarantee it won't be yellow. Ooh. Yeah, I guess you're a healthy boy, so it won't be yellow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, this is from Vooks.net. So Animal Crossing New Horizons update uh, is coming this week. I think it actually launched today as we're recording and I haven't picked up my Switch yet apart from playing Hatsumiku uh, for about 10 minutes. Um, and it adds merchants, a museum expansion and more. So I'll read the article from Vooks who sums it up nicely and we'll, uh, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit. I don't think you'll have too much to say about it since you uh, put the game down, but it's all good. <laughs> um, at, uh, so, um, apparently, it's a big week for free updates for Nintendo games, hot off the heels of the announcement for Super Mario Maker 2's uh, last major update. Nintendo has revealed the next big thing for Animal Crossing New Horizons. The new update, dubbed um, by Nintendo April Free Update, uh, is absolutely packed with adorable new content for everybody to enjoy. 
First is the list. First on the list is a, a slew of new events. Nature Day uh, later this month, uh, May Day in May, and International Museum Day later in May, and wedding season throughout the whole month of June. So that, that actually confused me when I saw it because I'm like, is June wedding season? I'm 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 not really in tune with like all the wedding stuff, but is June like a good time to have a wedding? Because I know in Australia, like I wouldn't have a wedding in June because it's um, winter. It's when winter's starting. So yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing where that's kind of based out of. Um, it's in the northern hemisphere, I guess, where it's like oh, it's coming in the summer. summer. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Okay. So um, hmm. Mm. So um, each of these events uh, come with a whole host of activities, items, and NPCs, which brings us to the second major addition, new merchants. In addition to characters like Flick, Kicks, Label, uh, CJ, players will soon uh, will be able to encounter everyone's flav- favorite sloth, um, Leaf, who uh, will sell the character a wild range of landscaping supplies like trees, flowers, and new shrubs. You may also come across um, the seafaring uh, bandit Jolly Red uh, upon his new pirate ship, the Treasure Trawler. Um, so yeah, through um, uh, Red, you'll be able to basically get um, uh, artwork. Um, he was in previous games. You go up to him and he's a merchant. And you can buy artwork and you can donate to the museum. So that's just being updated in uh, this new update, which is, uh, I guess, good to see. Something else to collect in Animal Crossing, which is a game mainly about collecting things. So that's all good. Yeah, it's pretty cool that they're um, using a touchstone of a character that's been in previous uh, Animal Crossing games as well. I know they did that with the, the kind of the Easter egg with kind of the music. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember specifics. I think I read it somewhere about some of the music tracks that were in it that you could get. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, it's <laughs> that I kind of stuck stuck in, into my mind. I remember being quite cool. So um, maybe people run out and investigate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to that, that update. Um, Animal Crossing is going to be a game. I'm going to check out because of the update. Well, I was going to play it anyway, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess uh, moving on from that. Uh, Famitsu has had their Game Game of the Year awards for 2019, and uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield came away with their Game of the Year, which uh, is a uh, you know quite quite surprising that um, Pokemon beat a lot of other games. But um, personally, I couldn't vote it for Game of the Year. But personally, it probably was my Game of the Year last year, just because I'm such a big Pokemon fan and I put so much time into the game. So I guess it's cool that it's getting some rec- recognition uh, somewhere. And uh, Famitsu um, is obviously a, a really big outlet in Japan, so um, it's uh, quite good for Game Freak and Nintendo to, to win the award there. Um, as far as other games that uh, won awards there, so Best Rookie Award um, went to Death Stranding, so I assume that's just for first game for a studio. Um, Best Indie Award, um, uh, Nosia. I haven't heard of that game. Mm, yeah, it doesn't ring a bell to me. Yeah. Um, best Shooter, Apex Legends, Best Esports Award, Fortnite, Best Online Game Award, Final Fantasy XIV, Shadowbringers, Best Streamer uh, Streamer Award, uh, Janitsi uh, Kato. Um, don't know who that is, obviously. I don't watch yeah. Japanese streamers. <laughs> uh, best RPG Award, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Best Action Award, Sekiro, 
Best Action Adventure Death Stranding, Best Adventure Award, uh, 13 Centennials. Um, uh, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh, no, nothing. Um, best Creator in um, China, Hideo Kojima. Best Game in China, Sekiro. Best Character Award, Sam Porter Bridges um, from Death Stranding. Best Music mm. Award, Persona 5 Royale. I don't think anyone will disagree with that. Uh, best mm-hmm. Scenario Award is at 13 uh, Senorals. Uh, best Graphics Award goes to Death Stranding. Uh, special Award goes to Dragon Quest Walk slash Ring Fit Adventure. Dragon Quest Walk. I haven't heard of that. Nah, same. Um, pretty cool mm. for Ring Fit Adventure, though. Yeah. Just a special award. Like, you're special. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, contribution. Seems like it's a special award. Yeah, and they just put, like, two fitness games in the special award. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most uh, valuable creator, uh, hey, okay, uh, Kojima, and um, yeah, game of the year, Pokemon Sword and Shield. So, there you oh, go. Yeah, wow, impressive, impressive winner, yeah, against uh, all those other titles. Hmm. And uh, that uh, that ends up all the news, all the news. Are- so, just before we jump into Reggie's rec room, we just got some questions here via Twitter. So, Brendan White asked if you were included as an animal villager version of yourself in animal crossing new horizons what would it be and why so buddy what animal would you be if you were um an animal crossing villager oh man this is so tough anytime anyone asks me what animal i I would be in certain situations i always think of the movie the lobster um (laughs) and then i panic uh and then hope that you know 45 days doesn't surpass and then i'm forced to be turned into an animal and then shunned away into the woods so um, if it was Animal Crossing and not the lobster, uh, I'm guessing yeah, it's kind of what animal represents me, really, or what character I want to be. I, I like the idea of um, maybe a monkey, just because they're quite cheeky, um, very ca- charismatic, have a lot of personality, even though my favorite animal is a lion. But maybe an obscure answer that I'm going to go for, um, maybe, maybe a springbok. Springbok. Prance around. Yeah, Springbok. The, <laughs> the prey of the lion. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I was just trying to think of like a Springbok is. I'm like, what? <laughs> yes. Uh, so I got the horns, obviously very agile. And uh, yeah, maybe I can uh, take me back to my days when I used to be able to run fast and and uh, move around quick in, in, in my rugby league days. Uh, they're, they're long gone now. <laughs> Pretty much past me in my best days of, uh, of, of social sports. So maybe, uh, maybe an antelope or springbok to, to reminisce. That's a good answer. Like when I first read the question from Brendan, I was like, hmm, what my mind went straight to was like, oh, you know, I like dogs, but, you know, that's a boring answer. We've already got Isabel. I can't be cute of an Isabel. So yep. I thought of like what what would be a funny animal to be in the game just in general, and I was thinking like you know like a fish or something like that, like something just like like horrifying, maybe like a yeah. maybe like a bug or something where people just like come up to me and like go what the hell are you? I'm like oh <laughs> like can't even talk. It'd be, it'd be so funny if you like caught fish and then yeah yeah you were the fish <laughs> character on land and then you bring up and shot the fish and here it's like you're disgruntled or disgusted you know, responses or whatever, like, how could you do this to my friend or blah, blah, blah. That, that, that'd make for some interesting. Yeah. I was, I was trying to think like, what's that fish from SpongeBob? What was his name? I'm, I'm just imagining that. <laughs> oh man, I have no idea. My, uh, yeah, yeah my SpongeBob, uh, 
trivia is a uh, pretty uh, pr- pretty lacking. But yes, yeah, obviously I'll- my brain brain wasn't a sponge when I was watching SpongeBob. <laughs> so. Yeah, my like I, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure people would be like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, I'd be that. I'd be like the f- derpy fish getting, <laughs> getting around, and I'd be like fishing and like living in my big mansion at the top of the hill in my village. <laughs> oh, that would make for a good picturesque uh, photo opportunity. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> King uh, of the castle. Yeah. Um, so Jamie Penning asks, uh, could you possibly see a delay in the Pokemon DLC due to the virus? And mm. um, I'll probably, I'm pretty confident that it will be coming out on time. Uh, in the last direct, they said it will coming out by, by the end of um, June. So what that tells me is they haven't locked down a date for it yet because they're still actively making it. So, you know, there is every chance that it could be delayed, but I feel like um, maybe the DLCs, even if it is delayed, it doesn't have to get delayed um, by that much, maybe, because it doesn't have to go to be, be printed on game cards and everything. It can be like, all right, we're running a couple of weeks behind because we are working from home and things are a bit more tough at the moment. But I don't think it will be delayed um, too much, at least. It might be delayed like into July, maybe. But to be mm. honest, I'm not too worried about it. I can say, I do assume it is going to hit in June. But yeah. Um, because I'm really looking forward to that. That is a that is a, a big thing on my uh, my list, which I'm going to be playing a lot of. Yeah, I think you make a great point about like um, not having to be printed out on carts. I think maybe that would be and not you know narrowing down a specific date. I think those two indicators are are uh, signs that they might be on track, so or, or might not you know get behind on their 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 schedule. Mm. And uh, um, Metadox, he he just asked. Um, whether we're going to be talking about Mario Maker 2 and uh, Animal Crossing and all of that stuff. And yes, yes, we were. And yes, we did. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get into just a, a quick, um, basically a little uh, topic in our Resi's rec room. Buddy, I'll, I'll see you in uh, Resi's rec room. Um, I think he's uh, he's pouring a drink right now. So let's go and have a Oh, look. excellent. Oh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm... You're thirsty. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm parched. Mm. Ooh, let's, let's go in there. Hi, Nintendo fans. Reggie here. Thank you for your never-ending support, for giving me a mushroom kingdom full of incredible memories that I will never forget. Ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Reggie. Oh, man, that's a, that's a nice scotch and coke he just poured me there. Absolutely delicious. Um, buddy, did you want uh, what, what drink would you like here, mate? Yeah, I'll take a scotch shard just on the rocks, so uh, make it a double. On the rocks? That's too easy. Please. Mm. <sighs> That's a nice decanter you have, Reggie, actually. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's got like mm. the nice big cube and everything in there. It's really good. Oh, very impressive. Oh, mm. <laughs> oh yeah, that hits the spot. <laughs> just, uh, mm. just, just wonderful. Thank you very much, Reggie. Yep, thank you. Thank you for supporting. Uh, Thank you, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of that bit. So um, a couple of weeks ago, Tamazoid put in our Discord community, um, and th- this is what he had to say. So he said, um, it would be interesting to hear your thoughts on whether you find games to be an uh, avenue for escapism, particularly given in the current scenario, um, and whether you play a particular game genre depending on your overall mood or feel or force yourself to finish some- a-, a particular game you've started. So, 
basically what I was thinking is just um, just talking about video games as escapism and maybe how um, you view video games, whether for you it is for escapism or it is for, um, I guess, other reasons. So, mm-hmm. I get with these with these like times at the moment, you know, it's pretty tough on the world in general. But you know, we all go through certain things in our life where escape escapism is something we desire, and video games do um, do pretty well, especially if you're really enjoying the game. So, I guess, uh, h- how do you feel about it all, and um, how do you use video games to get away from whatever it might be? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that's really with any hobby that you could use as a form of escapism, whether it's, um, like I said before, I used to play rugby league, uh, a lot of social sport, touch footy and stuff like that. Um, whether it's just going to training or, uh, you know, socializing with people as well, um, you know, it kind of gives you, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say a purpose, but um, it kind of becomes a part of your identity, really, some of your hobbies and specifically for video games where or um, as a type of media or even something like movies or even music as well and specifically how you kind of consume that type of stuff. So for me, for music, um, putting on headphones and just sitting down and listening to an album and not being distracted through my phone or any other thing, that can really, um, especially just depending on the genre of music or the artist, and it can really um, draw some kind of emotion out of you, whether it's building you up or hyping you up or whether it's some sad songs that... Um, you kind of can resonate with or kind of let some of your emotions out of same thing with movies. You can really get engrossed with the movie. And I, I, that's why I absolutely love going to the cinema because once again, there's no distractions. Um, there's no looking at your phone. It's pretty much you're there for that reason and that reason alone. And that's the most kind of engaged you can be with the movie. Whereas even at home, sometimes, you know, unless you have, you know, lights on or, other distractions or people around you are doing it depending on what kind of environment you're in. Um, it cannot be, you know, it, sometimes it can't take you out as much as what it can elsewhere, but video games is the same. And once again, um, with narrative driven games, they can really, you can really get engrossed with it. Something like the last of us, or like I said mm. earlier on in the episode that I'm playing apex and rocket league. I play a lot of the last of us multiplayer mode as well. So for escapism for me, um, a lot of those multiplayer games, it's something I can really, I can just switch off. And if I've had a bad day at work or other things in my life are distracting me or getting me down, um, or even the flip side of it, if I'm, you know, get home from work or, you know, having other moments in my life that are quite celebratory or whatever, I can really, a lot of that can either distract or, um, kind of emphasize for me when I'm playing games. So if I'm in a great mood and I'm playing games, that can kind of just kind of build on and I'm doing something that I really enjoy and that can kind of just, I guess, prolong that mood that I'm in for whatever reason I'm happy. And the same type of flip side is if I'm, you know, annoyed, distracted or angry or um, I've had a bad day or upset or any other kind of uh, flood of emotions, I can really distract myself through, you know, multiplayer games whether it's socializing and speaking with um friends and playing online or or just you know getting in competitive environments uh playing that as well but it doesn't always have to be competitive stuff like even puzzle games which i really like i find can really um push me because it's doing with logic and stuff stuff like the witness on playstation 4 i'm not sure if it ever came to switch i don't think so it's it's on every other platform now but um for a number of reasons it can be escapism and, and not just to kind of like I said, not just competitive games or 
you know story based games it can be can be anything in any hobby so yeah it's it's a great form of escapism and um it's a great way to unwind so uh yeah video games and specifically for myself um i i, I love movies and love going to the cinema and that is one of the uh the times i can really switch off and um i guess engage with that kind of content so yeah yeah i'd absolutely 100 percent agree about the escapism and video games being a great form to do that and I haven't even talked about agency and role play and and uh, fulfilling fantasies of uh, you know <laughs> it being it being in a fantasy world of the Legend of Zelda and exploring uh, vast worlds like Skyrim or The Witcher or anything else like that. So there's so many other touchstones um, you can really kind of uh, so many other people can get out of with the the type of escapism that they're kind of searching for or, or seek out. So um, yeah, I'd love to hear kind of what you you feel about it as well. Yeah. Um- I guess uh, it was it was years ago when well, it was uh, Bryce, myself, and a couple of other friends were all playing this horror game together. I forgot what it was called. It was a um, it was a Half Life Two mod on PC. It was a horror game. I forgot what it was called, but um, it had a, like a really compelling story. And we're all sitting around like watching each other play it. And I think uh, one of my friends he was like, you know, something jumped out at, at him, and he was he was like scared shitless. He like he dropped the controller, and we were just like we were, we were just laughed at him. So like, you know, what are you doing? Like you know, this isn't scary. Even he gave <laughs> me he gave me the controller, and we're like when you're like like playing the game, it that that was the time where it it really stuck out to me like how special video games are, and like you just like actually doing the actions and moving it, how much of a difference that makes actually being involved yeah. in it. Because I was exactly the same, and something jumped out at me like a couple of minutes later and I was like, oh shit. Like I just like, you know, just like, you know, kind of lost my shit in a way. And I was like, yeah, see, it is scary when you're actually playing. I'm like, yeah, it is too. Um, I think that's, that's lost on a lot of people. Like you might be watching gameplay on YouTube or Twitch or something, but um, you're not necessarily getting that immersion. And that immersion mm. is like what really helps um, just with the escapism and just like losing track of time and everything. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's, um, I think video games are great, and I, I, I well, obviously, I think video games are great. Um, do a bloody podcast about them. Yeah. But <laughs> video games suck. Nintendo yeah. is bad. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just here. I'm just like, well, what's so good about these things? And no, nah. um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoy just like, using them as escapism too. But just what I want to put towards you is, do you feel like um, some aspect like escapism from video games has it ever been has that ever been negative in your life whether it's because you got too immersed in a game and like you know you spent less time with pets or loved ones or whatever because of it has there been times where you're like you know a video games had a negative impact because oh, you've absolutely yeah because you yeah. maybe yeah oh, sorry <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So absolutely, I think so, and um, that's where you tread this fine line between um, what we're kind of classing as escapism and then addiction. Because are you getting uh, addicted to kind of this kind of like you can get addicted to any hobby? Like video games really gets a bad rap for addiction, um, but I think there are certainly some people that have kind of addictive personalities. And they can just kind of latch onto games as their addiction, and that's kind of where there's a weird line between. Is there a video game addiction? Is there not? Uh, if there were no video games, would those type of people get addicted to other things anyway? Because uh, that's just kind of their personality. So yes, I would say so. Like I said, in my recent days off, I've um, had 16 days off. I've been playing a lot of Apex. And uh, there was a lot of, I guess, 
avoidance of doing certain chores or responsibilities that I knew I had to do or things that were, you know, it, it can be anything when I was doing uni work or trying to update resumes or look for jobs. And when I was out of a job for 18 months and I couldn't find a job and I was just burning through savings and I really should have, what I should have done, I should have just packed all my stuff up. I should have went back and moved home instead of staying out of home, paying all these bills and, and trying to really tough it out myself. Um, I was just not in a good mental state at the time and I was playing a lot of video games because I had all that time off and you know my job search was really just it was just not happening I was not getting any responses back so it got me into a phase where I just stopped searching and I just got really fell into a hole and I, I I'd spent through 30 to 40 grand of savings that I'd worked so hard for because I had this kind of mental breakdown at my job and I just had to quit. I could no longer get there. But the problem was I didn't quit and go to any employment. At the time, I was doing university. So that was distracting me from putting all my energy into finding a job. And even then, I would use that as another avoid avoidance. Um, I didn't want to go to university, but I knew I had to. I was falling behind on work. So I'd leave that to the last minute. And then I'd kind of get into crunch uh, as, as, a, <laughs> as a fun word for video game uh, <laughs> yeah. fans would uh, recognize and really do things last minute. And because it was just poor planning, I was in this poor mental state in my life. I just got dug myself into a real hole. And as a person that is quite competitive or um, once again, we bring up trophies and, and trying to find trophies. And that was a mm. period in my t- life where I was playing games and like, all right, I've got to do this. I've got to get the, the trophy for that or whatever. And because I'm an addic- addictive kind of personality and very competitive. Um, yes, it, it probably did get to a point where I was using this uh, form of escapism in a very negative light. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually I dug myself out of that hole and I'm um, not completely out of uh, that there, but I'm in a a much more better place and comfortable place of where I am now. So yeah, absolutely. That was a negative experience of, of where that is. But um, once again, uh, that's really escapism versus addiction. And um, that's probably comes down to a little bit of uh, the personality type of a person. Um, I, I think it's more of the personality type of a person more so than on um, video games or movies or or music or, you know, a, a certain sport or watching sport or anything, you know, reading or listening to podcasts or any other kind of really hobby or activity that can kind of, uh, you can get lost into negatively as well. So, yeah. And like I was, I was thinking like, thinking about this topic and everything. Um, I was watching a, a YouTuber called Friendly Geordies. I'm not sure if you've um, heard of him on YouTube. He's, based, he's an Australian um, comedian. But he has a second channel where he just he talks about I guess life advice or self help, and he was talking he was talking about um, um, basically like you know make sure you read plenty, taking knowledge, get people's opinions, like you know be like a fairly diverse person. And from what he was saying, he's obviously he obviously doesn't like video games. He just sees them as a waste of time and whatever. Um, and like you know obviously I don't agree with that. But he did have a point about people about video games sort of filling that um, being productive um, part in the brain. And at the mm. time that really spoke to me because I was like thinking about my backlog. Backlog's like something like a lot of um, gamers <laughs> have. Yeah. Um, like, you know, at the time I was thinking, oh, I've got to go on Switch. I've got to like, finish these games, et cetera, et cetera. Um, on PlayStation, I've got to finish this, got to finish this, got to make sure I keep playing Final Fantasy VII. Uh, remake so you know that doesn't get put in the backlog and you know thinking about that then then that video come up basically saying like you know video games you know you, you what he was basically saying is like you know you shouldn't play them all they do is fill that sort of um 
that part of the brain which makes you feel productive. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're not, you know, you, you're completing a video game, you're putting it on your shelf, you know, you haven't really necessarily completed anything. Um, I don't I don't agree with that necessarily. I love video games. It's like my main hobby. Um, but it, it did help me maybe like put some things in perspective like um, you don't have to finish everything. You don't have to play every single game. You don't have to play it just because... Um, like it, it might be a bit different for me if I want to like talk about it on the podcast or something, but um, I know like a lot of people out there, like you just, you don't have to feel compelled to just like finish everything and make sure you like you're in the, in the loop because I know yes. that, that, that is sort of a part of it just being, I guess that, because I, I know for like people like us, buddy, like, you know, we sit down with a game, we get immersed in the game, but I think we're very much immersed in like, um, the industry and what's coming out and what's going on and what other people are talking about. Um, yeah. So in, maybe in some ways that could be um, unhealthy to some some respect. I'm not sure. I'm sort of like I've sort of just been thinking about it. What do, what do you think about that being like, I guess, yeah. a, a, immersed more in just the industry and what's coming out and trying to keep up? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I've been in a podcasting break from my main podcast, which was Dash Culture, which is now the rebranded Dash Gamer Podcast. And, you know, for me, um, working in games, it became quite overwhelming working in video games. And then my hobby and passion was coming home and playing video games and then talking <laughs> about video games. And yeah. I was really becoming you know, frustrated. And I go through these phases uh, within a year, you know, there might be two or three phases of it where I get really just over video games and really frustrated and annoyed and, and I don't want to play them. I don't really want to talk about them or do anything. Um, so that, that is a percentage of the reason why I'm not uh, regularly podcasting at the moment. So because um, I don't feel like playing anything and I feel like, um, you know, I can still react to the news and everything. But having that underlying commitment of, hey, I've got to show up every two weeks and I've got to react to the news and I've got to speak about what I've been playing. And like I said, you know, recently I've only been playing Apex. I have come to terms a long time ago that you don't have to play everything. And I know what games are buddy games and I know what games are not buddy games. So I don't care about any of the Far Cries. I don't care about Monster Hunter World. I don't care about Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't care about any of the Assassin's Creed. I know what games are mine. So for me... When I see a lot of those games come out and kind of, you know, rage or any other 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 type of genres or stuff that I don't want to play, um, it's quite comforting knowing that I have that switch in my brain that goes, this is not for me. I don't feel like I have to play this for content because that would go against really um, my own beliefs or my kind of own uh, wants and desires. So mm. I, I come to terms with that a long time ago, but at the moment, um, not podcasting regularly has been, I guess, fantastic and just being able to pop up on something like this. It's kind of been a little bit liberating. There's no real pressure for me to play anything. And even coming on tonight, I'm like, oh, should I have played something in Nintendo? I didn't really get that feeling. Like, yeah. I, I kind of let go of that a, li a little bit. So knowing that I've only played Apex for the last two weeks, I don't really care. And and maybe if I was podcasting a little bit regularly and I would feel more obliged to have played something different just because I may be able to give a better opinion or be a little bit more informed of what's going on currently. Um, maybe that's part of the reason why I did pick up Animal Crossing just so I kind of knew, but it, that kind of looked like a buddy game anyway. So, um, I would agree to a certain point with, uh, you know, yourself 
um, as a as a podcaster and you know the little community that we're kind of a part of as well, like feeling the need to play everything or at least have an opinion on something, or uh, that can kind of get overwhelming to a point. But once again, is um, I don't know if that fits into the escapism mode, but it kind of to a point can <laughs> I guess ruin or um, jeopardize our escapism from for ga- using games as escapism like okay drew wants to play animal crossing as a form of escapism great oh great drew has to play animal crossing for the podcast or to give an opinion on it now it's no longer escapism now it's like feeling like work and that's a lot of the reason why i um i kind of step back and can kind of jump in and whenever i really want to it's kind of been a little bit liberating for me yeah i feel like like um for the next probably couple of months it's gonna be like all right so what did drew play this week um, Animal Crossing and a bit of Pokemon. <laughs> so. And there's nothing, and there really is nothing wrong with that. Um, you're still, you know, f- for yourself, you're reporting on the news and a lot of Nintendo-centric things, and and people love your opinions on that. And that's why I'll continue to listen as well. Like, I'm not expecting you to play a thousand and one different things. Like, I don't need to tune in next week and know that you've played the latest Mario Maker update and you've done, you know, the new Animal Crossing update, and you're kind of forcing yourself to do all these new things and immerse yourself where it to, could become to the point where it is overwhelming so um yeah some may, may, may people want that out of you but uh as i guess from my own position I, I look at that and like oh well yeah why would you force that on yourself and if you did maybe you wouldn't be able to give the the proper kind of feedback or information or uh, opinion of it to the people that do want the information for you because it's kind of been compromised to a degree mm. yeah it like especially like um like this time of year it's just like you know it's hard physical work. So when I get home, I just, I don't want to be like, all right, so I've got to do this, this, and this, this, and this. I just like, mm. yeah, just like I said, just put on Pokemon or Animal Crossing and just like, just relax. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anything else in this uh, sort of topic or you reckon we uh, sort of covered it? Look, you could you could really deep dive <laughs> yeah, into it and spe- specifically talking about, you know, other forms of media and stuff and, um, the type of escapism that you look for and, and certain people. But, yeah, I, I think we'd be here all night. Um, yeah. Maybe it's a, something else to tackle. But but um, I think what we've spoken about has been um, quite insightful anyway. Yeah. Um, so Brendan Tam, who brought up the topic, he is actually – he was talking to me. He's going to be starting up his own podcast soon, and this is one of the topics he will be tackling on that podcast. Awesome. So um, – um, he he is a great supporter of us, and he's been friends with us years before we started the podcast. So we'll definitely be uh, um, letting everybody know where you can find that podcast once he starts it up. So keep that in mind if you thought Very this cool. uh, topic was interesting. All right, yeah, awesome. All right, buddy. So um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll finish the show there. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's been awesome to be on again. In the house of uh, Murray. Great to visit the house. Uh, great to see Reggie uh, hey, for the first time. and It's going well. I'm just getting through that uh, scotch now, so it's uh, that's been uh, quite warming in the heart. Very delicious when it's on the rocks. Mm. Yeah, just like <laughs> I, I was stumbling just before. I'm like, <laughs> just in my head, I'm like, how, how do I finish this show again? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Everybody, thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 139. If you enjoy the show, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and whatever else offers reviews. I don't think anything else offers reviews, really, apart from maybe Podchaser offers separate reviews. I don't really know, but Apple Podcasts is the most important one. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at iDruby. Uh, Buddy, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at BuddyWatson12. 
and you can find the show at the House of Mario. And uh, as we said before, we have an awesome Discord community where we uh, talk um, mostly every day, unless uh, we don't talk. And uh, then I get nervous because, like, oh, did we have a fight? Did uh, did, did we offend someone? But uh, no, no, we we didn't offend anyone. <laughs> so, so this week's <laughs> Nintendo jukebox is a song called Animal Crossing. And it's by uh, Sean Wasabi. It's on SoundCloud. Go and give it a look. There's a link in the show notes below if you'd like to listen to it further. And until next week, the doors to the House of Mario are closed. Catch you later. See ya. Animal Crossing. <laughs> Animal Crossing.